Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the news from the Nerds podcast, the midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we'll cover the main news headlines from the past week. And obviously, to help me cover this in great detail, we've got the full team back together again. Uh, James, firstly, how are you, my friend? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm completely COVID-free now. No colds. I'm back in full form. It's good to hear. Abby, how are we? I'm good. It's good to have all four of us back. Exactly. Speaking of, we have found the long lost Grace. Grace, how are we? I'm alive, I'll say that. Um, no, I'm so happy to be back because when I was at home with concussion and COVID, it wasn't nice. And I've missed talking about F1, so I'm so excited. Well, speaking of F1, Grace, we'll throw straight to you, shall we? We'll get you straight back into it. Well, yeah, being on at my deathbed with COVID, I managed to watch a lot of delivery announcements and I would say car announcements but let's say Red Bull didn't really release their car it was just a picture of their livery which shock was blue red and yellow with Red Bulls on it but no we've had McLaren, Alpha Tauri, Aston Martin which was really scary with Lawrence Stroll just speaking into my soul we've had Williams and tomorrow we've got Ferrari which I bet you're excited about Bridge. Oh I can't wait I can't wait I've seen, if you haven't seen the leaked photos yet, I'd give it a Google. Um, but it does look, it looks like it could compete. Sorry, Abby, but it could compete with the with the Golf McLaren. 
I'm just saying. I'm not, I don't I'm, think the McLaren's that nice, and I'm a massive Ma- McLaren and Golf McLaren fan, but I think they've got it all wrong. Oh no, the current the current McLaren is 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 not to my taste. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Now I'm going to be the the bridge here, I think, because I actually like it. I'm the I'm the hot take. It seems to be very Marmite from what I've seen online and amongst uh, you guys and anyone else that I know. Although most of you lot hated it. I actually, I've always liked orange and kind of electric blue. I think it's quite a cool combination. But yeah, everyone I see on Twitter is either like 10 out of 10 or 1 out of 10. Yeah, I actually agree with James. I, I don't hate it. I do like it. I mean, from the cars that we've seen, it's not my favourite. Aston Martin was my favourite. But... It is. I do like the McLaren. It is nice. And I'm just excited to see what all the other teams come up with so far. I want to see Mercedes. And I hope Ferrari isn't as nice as McLaren because I would like to be, I would like McLaren to be one up on them. Got to be ahead at the start in some way or another. (laughs) But yeah, I do like the McLaren. So should we try and rank the five official? We won't include the Ferrari leak. Shall we all see if we can... Well, we're not going to come to a, a, a combined top five. I know that because that, that's never... We're never going to agree on that. But the, can everyone make a top five? Grace? I was just going to say, are we going to include Red Bull and Haas? Because they're not really the cars. They're just more of the colours. Oh, I mean, are... liveries. No, yeah, we're not, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not rating the cars. We can't see anything yet. Well, first of all, I'm going to say controversial. Number one, Alpha Tauri. I think it just looks so clean. I think they've they've done themselves justice. And I think with the new car and the shape of it, it looks so much better. Because they've done a comparison between last year's car and this year's car. And it just suits the AlphaTauri livery colours so well. Then it's got to be Aston Martin. Then Williams. Then McLaren. Then Red Bull. Then Haas. Have I missed anyone out? I don't think so. No, I think well, that's, that's, my, that's my top six. And yeah, Alphatari for the win. Right, quickly through it. Bridge, you next. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be controversial. I'm going to say Williams is my favourite car so far. I really like the Williams. Uh, oh. Simple. Uh, then Aston Martin, I think. Aston Martin, another another classic. Uh, and then it's probably Alphatari. I'd agree with Grace there. I, I hate to agree with Grace. I'm going to keep this trend going. I hate to agree with Grace. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I agree. AlphaTauri have done a very clean design and it looks very nice. The other lot just really haven't tried. Or well, they've, you know, McLaren. McLaren definitely trialed. I mean, tried. I mean, they tried, but it's 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 gone completely wrong. It's gone completely wrong, in my opinion. And then Red Bull is obviously a show car and Haas just did a copy my homework, but don't make it obvious. So yeah, those, those are my those are my rankings. McLaren have definitely tried, but failed quite miserably, I think. Okay, so for me, Aston Martin is my favourite. I really like that design, especially with the gills on the sides as well. Then AlphaTauri. I do like the AlphaTauri. That is a really sleek and clean design. Then McLaren, because I have to support my team. Although I do actually really like their IndyCar livery as well. Then fourth would be Williams, then Red Bull, and then Haas. What about you, James? What's your order? It's, it is difficult, and I'm going to be full controversial and put McLaren top, which 
Uh, Bridge literally has his, his head in his hands. But I like it. It looks futuristic and that's what we want. We want the the new generation of cars to look futuristic and that looks like something out of Tron. I'm not interested in the future if the future looks like that. I'm not interested. If the future <laughs> looks like that, forget it. Leave me here. I'm not... Leave I think, me here. Oh, sorry. I think the shadow looks futuristic and the whole futuristic thing is great, but it's not a real car. So really, McLaren have made non, no futuristic cars in my opinion. So sorry, James. And I'm a McLaren fan, but... It, the All delivery right. really hurt me. All right. Well, it is a bit busy. I'll give it that. Other than that, I think, yeah, I agree with Bridge. Williams probably just about second. Aston very close third. Uh, I think the Williams looks so much better in the official photos and on track than in the leaks. And then, uh, yeah, probably AlphaTauri did look good. And Red Bull and Haas, same as last year, really. The Red Bull, I will get on to the, the new breaking news about their their new sponsor later but the new sponsor i think has made it look even worse well not even worse it's still a f- decent livery it's just a bit we've seen it before but the the additions of the new sponsor have made it look worse in my opinion talking about the williams on track does everyone think the nose is a bit weird i think it looks so different compared to yeah. the aston martin and obviously there are, they are going to be different cars because it's how you interpret the new regulations but I don't know if this if Williams is gonna get any better with this nose. It could be that what like sends them to the front. We have no idea. Aesthetics aren't that important. If it's faster, it's it's interesting that they seem that to be the only true. one with a, a low nose so far. Definitely, the Aston is a lot higher. That's what I meant. What sorry, a low nose, and it's quite small. So maybe it'll work with the new regs. Yeah, who knows at this point, and who knows what they'll actually turn up with. In other news, now, more than two months after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the first results from the FIA's inquiry were due to be heard by the teams on Monday, and the news was that there's basically no news. Apparently, the analysis is still ongoing. There may be an announcement on changes to race management later this week. We're now later in the week, and there's nothing yet. Uh, There was at least some information for the upcoming season, though, so... First, the good news, races will now have to feature at least two laps not behind the safety car to avoid another debacle like Belgium last year. That's good news, right? I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah, definitely. I think a minimum two laps so we can actually see a proper race and that. And the drivers have the opportunity to actually put the cars on track rather than spend most of it in the pit lane and then go out behind a safety car. I think if we keep up with the FIA investigation, this show will be called No News from the Nerds because it's literally just they're saying the same thing, just with different words. So I'm still waiting. And Zach Brown said, like, it's going to be until until Bahrain when we find out. So we've, we'll have no news until then, guys. Yeah, it's it's disappointing to to have basically heard nothing after such a long wait and... You know, I think everyone knows where they stand on it now. How much is there to analyse? I mean, I I saw a a good YouTube video came, I think, the weekend, came out at the weekend. And the guy had gone through every single safety car since 2012 when they introduced the the idea of letting lap cars through and had analysed the entire thing and put it into a two-hour, 15-minute video. I can't remember his name, so I can't give him a shout-out. And I didn't watch all of it. But... I mean, if he can do that in that time, surely the FIA can come up with some kind of official analysis. 
Sounds like it should be nominated for an Oscar, honestly. Now, the, the second piece of news, I'll leave it up to you to decide whether it's good or bad. There will not be six, but three sprint races next year. They'll be at Imola, Austria and Brazil again. And they'll be giving eight points for the winner now instead of three, decreasing gradually down by one point all the way to eight, getting a single point. What do we think about that? I'm so happy about that. I hate this. Well, I don't hate them. I think they're entertaining, but I don't see the added benefit of loads of sprint races because originally the point system was a bit crap. But I think now that we've got points in it would benefit because I remember in Silverstone, I think, uh, not to say my favourite team, but Lando and Daniel both made up a place in the sprint race from their qualifying and they got no points from that. Whereas in this new point rank, they would get a sizable amount of points. So I think it's good news for the more midfield teams that could make places up in a sprint race. And it's also good news for me because I don't have to watch one at Zandvoort. But I'm happy about Brazil as well because that weekend was just spice, spice, spice with the sprint race. Yeah, I think having three seems like the right amount. And with it being Imola, Austria and Brazil, I think they will be quite entertaining. Like Grace said, Brazil last year was a really entertaining sprint race, whether that was just because Hamilton was at the back or not, I don't know. Um, But yeah, with the points as well, that is definitely an added benefit. I feel like it could motivate some of the drivers more because they could actually get something out of it this time rather than just the top three getting points. But I'm excited to see what will happen in them this year. I have actually said this in a, in a previous podcast, but I'll say it again. It, uh, with sprint races, it's very much, you know, it's very much dependent on what track they race at, if, if they're successful or not. And I think they've listened to us again and realised, you know, we need to pick exciting circuits and maybe apart from Imola, um, we've already seen Brazil. A sprint race in Brazil is is awesome. Um, so and and Austria again, it will be it's a it's a high overtaking circuit, isn't it? So again, and I think the new point system will also, like Abby said, motivate drivers to actually want to do well in it. I think at Silverstone we saw after like the first few laps last year, we saw kind of like a train where people didn't really want to risk crashing because it's you know it's easy to crash at Silverstone um so yeah I think I think people will risk more now for for a bit more points I think Austria will be banging for a sprint race because I love it as a track I think it's exciting because especially as it's one of the shorter tracks so even in a sprint race you could get like catching up to the back markers which I think is really exciting and yeah people were being so after the first few laps, people were just taking a back seat. Like I know Alonso or something would make up loads of places on the laps and then wouldn't try anymore because he didn't want to risk it. So I think with more points on offer, I think it's really exciting because that point could mean so much to a team like Alfa Romeo or Williams if they got that chance. So I think that's really exciting. And we could see a lot of drama, especially in Austria, like when Charles and Pierre shunted this year past and that would be more exciting in a sprint race. This isn't really relevant, but fun fact anyway. Um, if you applied the point system that we're going to have next year to the sprint races we had this year, the only change would be that Lando Norris, Abby, I can see you smiling already, would finish in fifth above Carlos Sainz. So Zing. Lando, Yay. yeah, yeah, it's, by, it's a good thing by half a point as well. By half a point, it would have got him. Every little so, helps. 
Every little oh, helps. And then the drama would have been even bigger in terms of Carlos not getting let through for the safety car. <laughs> See that one? Oh point? yeah, it would have as well, there wouldn't you it? Drive to survive would be frothing at that statistic yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't really get the thinking on um, on Imola because we've established, like, I think we're a, we're all pretty cool with going back to Imola, old school track. But there's last year it's different. It was a wet race and there was carnage and Bottas Russell crashes and all sorts. But they can't really overtake on it, so I'm not really sure what a sprint race is going to do there. We'll see. I guess it's all an experiment at this point. I do feel like we're just watching a human experiment under the eyes of whoever, Michael Massey, whether he'll be there next year for them or not. Well, going back to Abu Dhabi and that, obviously a decision hasn't been made, as James said, but Nicholas Latifi, who came under a lot of abuse and had death threats from what happened, has spoken out this week and he said that Lewis and Mercedes sent him messages of support before and after he posted his statement on social media where he called out the so-called fans who were abusing him for his crash. Now, obviously, like, we know Lewis wasn't on social media. He was radio and radio silent and that. But to hear that he did message Nicholas and the whole team did as well, that is really encouraging. And, like, the camaraderie between the drivers was really great. And it was just nice to see Nicholas say that with these negative pitfalls, it's not just drivers. I'm sure we all know about the Euro 2020 saga where they missed the penalties. And he said that, that we need to do more to overcome these this abuse and everything. Now, what do you guys think about that? I know sportsmen are not any strangers to abuse. It, that makes me a little bit happier because I really like Nicholas the TV. I think he's one of he seems like one of the sweetest guys ever let alone on the grid or in f1 i think it's so sad that he got so much hate i think the extent that he had to get bodyguards i think it's ridiculous like i get being passionate about f1 we all are but when your favorite doesn't win you can't blame other people and think it's some part of an elaborate plan people make mistakes people crash he had dirty tires from dueling like it just happens and I think it's so sad. And um, it's so sad that it would happen to anyone, but especially to Latifi because he just seems lovely. Yeah, like you said the bodyguards. Having body- he needed to hire bodyguards to protect him when he went out in London. Like that just shows how extreme the abuse and the death threats were when what happened wasn't in his control. It's just a shambles and it makes me sad to be part of a f- Fan, like a group of fans that like the sport but people do that stuff I think I think social media has created an outlet for that as well because if in the back in the days I don't think there would be many or as many letters sent to Nicholas Latifi saying please die there would have been some because some people are that stupid and crazy but I think social media has made it so easy and so anonymous as well yeah I mean people probably wouldn't have bothered to actually get to the post office put a stamp on it and send him hate mail to the same extent that it, yeah you just write a bit of hate and then press enter and it's gone and you don't have to think about it anymore and you've vented can you be bothered spending i don't know how much it is now for a first class stamp to send to nicholas latifi no i don't think you can i think yeah people are just cruel 
But anyway, moving on. Uh, very exciting news this week for all you Drive to Survive fans. It's back, March 11th. Maybe the best season yet? What do you guys think? I think because last seasons they've had to manipulate drama because there hasn't been much drama or as much in F1. And now that they've got natural drama, whether you believe that, I don't know, conspiracy theory, they've got a lot more to pick from. So I'm so excited. I've already like said I'm not doing any uni work. My boyfriend's coming around. We're going to watch the whole series. And I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm really excited. And I'm interested to see how they're going to portray Lewis and Max and the rivalry, especially with Max not being in it as well. But I will not... Any friends who want to message me or see me that day, I'm sorry. I'll be watching Drive to Survive. Now, I've got a bit of a hot take on this one. The fact that they haven't got Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen has basically said, I don't want to be a part of it, which means there won't be any behind-the-scenes interviews with him. I don't, I don't know how they're really going to portray him because obviously he is the main character in this, you know, one of the main characters in this uh, in this season. So I don't really know net how Netflix are going to work their way around not having one of the main protagonists. It's, it's like having the Avengers with no Iron Man. You know, it's, 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 it's pointless. It's like going to watch Avengers Endgame and there being no Thanos. It's, it, what's, the, what's the point? What's the, what's the point of me watching it? The lucky thing for us as viewers of Drive to Survive is... Iron Man doesn't do external interviews whereas Max Verstappen does. So they've got a lot of content from that. And they've got they've got so much content from just interviews after the race, him making fun of Toto on the stream. Like they can use all of that because it's public. And then also they've got Christian Horner. The, the man can speak for England, especially when it's about his beloved boy Max. So I think I don't think they need Max to get the knowledge because Christian will literally sit down for 12 hours a day and spout Max love. Yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree. But I think a lot of it, because of the success of Netflix and how well it's done, I think season on season, we'll see more of this kind of glorification, especially, you know, I think that Ma that uh, Toto versus Christian battle that we had, I think probably Netflix had something to do with that. Because if you look at the relationship before that, or even, you know, behind the scenes. They're good friends. You know, they go out they go out to dinner, you know, they joke with each other. I think, you know, maybe Netflix have gone, look, I want a little bit of we want a little bit of drama now. Especially off the track. We've got our on track drama. Let's have some off track as well. They never had the the level of tension though before now. I think that's that's the difference. I don't think I don't think drive to, to drive to survival going in there and saying, Oh yeah. Toto, Christian, he, he thinks you're rubbish. Like, it's... Um, but Netflix do have, I think they do have the ability to create a, a rivalry when there's not necessarily a rivalry there, I think. Because I remember a couple of seasons ago when Carlos and Lando were, they did a whole episode on the, on that relationship and they, and they set it up. I watched it a couple of days ago and they set it up as you know, but towards the end of their season as teammates, they became intense, intense rivals. Was that the case? I don't know. Like this is, this it just raises so many questions for me in my head. I think 
I was going to say about Lando and Carlos, but also about Max and Daniel in the first series, because obviously Netflix loved Daniel, like who wouldn't, he's great for the cameras. Everyone who hasn't seen F1 before, they'll love him. He's happy chappy. They've made that rivalry with Max and it clearly doesn't exist. They still seem like really good pals now. And same with Lando and Carlos. I think I can see them creating a McLaren one for this year as well, because Lander and Daniel, they weren't the best of friends when they started. Like, you don't have to be your teammates. But they've seemed to have started to get on now. And I've seen stuff recently where they really do get on now. I think they will make a thing like, oh, I hate Lander. Oh, I hate Daniel. So if they can do that with drivers and they can do that with best friends, of course they can do it with team bosses like Christian and Toto. And I think, yeah, it's it'll be it'll be so manipulated. And just talking about team bosses, I'm gonna miss Cyril. So it seems that Red Bull have acquired two major sponsorships. They've now got Oracle as their title sponsor, and that is with a a partnership for three years. I think it's a hundred million a year. But then on top of that, they've got a sponsorship with Bybit, which is like a crypto trading platform, I think. And Abby says that they do environmental sustainability as well. So anything for future future f1 you want to be involved in that but yeah 150 million a year for three years from both sponsorships it's it's nuts especially when the budget's 140 yeah it seems like red bull just keep getting sponsors and keep getting money but with bybit yeah they do focus on developing green technologies and sustainability as well and i think it was horner who said that going into the next generation of competing in Formula One, having this cutting edge tech with Bybit should help them and maybe see them win another championship. I don't know, but they just keep getting so many sponsors. I know, and I definitely know it's cutting edge because I don't understand anything about it. I don't understand anything about crypto, but I know crypto has been creeping up in the past, but this is like, this is how insane this deal is. It's not the most lucrative crypto deal in F1. It's in sports history, which I think is crazy considering, yeah, F1 is a, is a sport involving lots of money, but surely like football or even American football, that's more money involved. Surely Bybit would go there. I think it's more about where F1's headed um, because we've seen such an influx of fans, probably due to Netflix, um, and I think it's one of the biggest up-and-coming sport, uh, sports in the world right now. So for Bybit, your only your only way is up with F1. You know, you're going to see so many more people um, tuning in next year for this for this new season. And to be honest, crypto is the future. I don't I don't know if anyone out there knows a bit about uh, cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is the future. Um, and what better sport to get involved in than with Formula One, which just constantly pushes the boundaries. Of, um, of physics and technology so yeah I think it's something like only three of the teams on the grid now don't have some kind of cryptocurrency sponsor it was eight different companies across seven teams I think I saw which is yeah it's just the the new version of the tobacco sponsorship isn't it I mean we've spoken about gambling companies before but I think this is maybe even more prevalent I'm going to sound like bridge here, but I'm going to disagree with Grace. I'm disagreeing with myself when I just said, oh, why aren't they part of football? I guess F1 also gives companies like 
I'm going to say Oracle as well, a chance for them to not just be like a meaningless sponsor, but also like a partnership because they help with different things. Like Oracle helps with like simulations. I'm sure Bybit will help with other things. So yeah, I'm contradicting myself and saying, I understand F1. It'll be a good growth market to invest in. And it's not just sticking your name. It's actually working with companies to, I guess, reach even further. Um, another piece of news, which I'm sure will make Abby, James and Ollie very, very happy, if Ollie's listening, is that Lewis Hamilton has been confirmed for the Mercedes launch, which will happen on Friday. And I'm not a Mercedes fan, but I'm still really excited because I'm just happy to see him back in the sport because he's a, he is a great of the sport and he's going to give a challenge to my man and Bridges man, Max. So... Max needs that challenge to be even better. So it's great. Why wouldn't you want him back? One, I am very happy that Lewis is back and it's been confirmed. And two, I am also very happy that that means that Bridges' prediction was wrong and Lewis is back for this year and not retiring. Yes, okay, okay, I was wrong. All right, I was wrong. It was a 50-50 call and I was wrong, okay? Did you just say you were wrong? I, yes, okay. We can That's be- going in the intro. <laughs> We can concentrate on that fact, but it is good to see him back. It is good to see him back. Hopefully he won't get blown out of the water by George. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. But it is good to see him back on track. And yeah, you know, if he gives us another season like 2021, I'm all for it. I mean, we're saying it's officially confirmed. It's only officially confirmed he's at the launch. He still might not show up in Bahrain. No, yeah, he is. but he if you go into the launch, you're going to race. Mercedes, M- Mercedes have said that he will be back on track in 2022. Yeah, they probably said that about Nico in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Fair enough. I'm going to shut my mouth. Yeah. I'll believe it on lap one, corner one at Bahrain. Until then, he could call it a day whenever he wants. I do miss Nico, but he, he gives so much to the Sky Sports commentary and stirring the pot that I think he's better suited there like you've won your world championship now go and stir shit with Sky Sports F1 Nico was a great co-commentator as well the one time he filled in for, for Martin oh my god I, I loved him I think he was better than Button and I like Button as well it's because he's German he's frank and honest and I think we need more of that in Formula 1 we need more of that just because he just gave a great insight, especially because Lewis was in that, you know, in that battle with with Verstappen. He gave a great insight into what it is actually like battling Lewis on the track. So, um, so yeah, I hope I hope he's back. Uh, and obviously, we saw George Russell's helm, new helmet design, uh, new Mercedes man, staying away from red, obviously in honor of the great Michael Schumacher. I agree with this. I think you know it's a great time to go in a new direction, new career at Mercedes. Start it off with a bang. Great new helmet design. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks, it's a big improvement. I've never really been a, a fan of his design. I think it's it's just been a bit too red. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing, but it's just very forgettable and didn't really ever fit particularly well with the car. I think this new one looks great. I think it, and yeah, it's nice to to have that respect for, for Michael and the red in a Mercedes being synonymous with him still. Yeah, I completely agree. And the new helmet, it looks very sleek and I feel like it defines 
the new era of F1 for him joining Mercedes, joining a new team, having Lewis as a teammate and that. But I'm just excited to see it on track when he's racing. Talking about helmets, when when I saw Daniel Ricciardo announce his, I got so scared that the McLaren was going to be peach. Because I was like, is he trying to blend in with the McLaren? And yeah, the McLaren's not my favourite car, but thank God it's not peach. Yeah, I have to echo that sentiment, Grace. I'm glad it would, it's definitely not peach. It would have been an improvement. Calm down. <laughs> the season hasn't even started and I'm ready to battle you. <laughs> Mercedes have announced the driver lineup for their junior programme. And Alpine have announced the four drivers for their academy as well. So with Mercedes, we have some drivers returning. We have Andrea Kimi Antonelli, who will be racing in Italian F4. We have Paul Aron, who will be racing in Freca with Prima. We have Alex Pau, who will be in OK Karting. We have Wanpu... Um, Do you guys know how to say his name? Whose name? If I put it in the chat, because I have no idea how to say it. All I heard was one poo. Yeah, what a place to stop. (laughs) That's his name. It's probably Yan. Yuan. Yuan poo. Yuan poo. Yuan poo. poo. (laughs) (laughs) Also, just a limit, I am going to have to literally leave in five minutes. I'm so sorry. Okay. But do you you want poo? Okay. Yeah, I need one before my (laughs) (laughs) How do you say his last name? I mean, he, no idea. We, oh, QE. Just, just this is say a, a guy. gamble if you're going for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me say. We ha- also have Wampu Kui. I apologise for any pronunciations that are wrong. We also have Frederick Vesti, who will be in Formula 2 with Art Ray Grand Prix. And the two new drivers are Daniel Guinchard, the British F4 driver, and Luna Fluxer, who is the first female to be joining Mercedes programme, which I think is really good. I love that. It's made me really happy because we've seen such an influx of women in motorsport with W Series and things like Extreme e and Le Mans where you, there's not really, it's not really gendered. But I think having women in driver programmes who are doing things like F4 and F3, I think it's promoting more of an equality in the more male-dominated side of motorsports because we've got W Series and that's amazing. I love it. We just need to see the integration across. So that's made me really excited. And then with the Alpine Academy, Victor Martins and Chao Colette are retaining at the Academy. They'll still be there. But the new additions are Ollie Caldwell and Jack Duhan, who are both joining Formula 2 this year. Yeah, uh, they both filled in late on in the season last year, didn't they? And... I think Jack Dewan made quite a, quite an impact in his one or two races. I, I can't remember now. I think he got pole, potentially. Yeah, I think he got pole in Abu Dhabi. But yeah, so that, that's great for them. Shame that they'll never get into an Alpine car, because even if you win it, still don't get it, do you? I was going to say, Jack Duham really made an impression. and But yeah, I wouldn't want to be part of the Alpine Academy if if you're going to win F2 and not get a seat, because they're hanging on to an an old veteran and a new rookie who's got not Esteban Ocon's not a rookie grace what are you talking about holding on to a to an old veteran Fernando who I get people love but come on take take a book a leaf out of Kimmy's book it's time to move on soon and let Oscar Piastri take your seat that's all I'm saying Fernando Alonso if you're listening 
let Oscar take your seat. He listens. He listens. Him and Lewis get together. That's what they've been doing over the winter. They get together and listen to us once a week. 100%. Who's doing the outro? Was that decided? I missed that. Have we not missed? Have we missed one? I feel like oh, extremely, extremely. Oh, well, um, yeah, we Rich said it? to only do that if there was time and you guys are... It's, it's a one. It's a one. It's a literally a thirty second. If you want to watch okay. for this week, because we're we're accredited beyond it. Yeah, James. James, you want to do the outro and include it in that? I mean, I haven't even looked at that because I just didn't be know like, a if, topic. if you're <laughs> missing your motorsport fix, why not right, shoot yeah, into right. Extreme? Well, and the last bit of news this week is the return of Extreme E this weekend. So it's in Saudi Arabia for the first race of season two, the Desert X Prix. So if you need your motorsport fix before we head to Bahrain in March, then you know where to get it. That'd be great to see. We've got McLaren joining for this year and the return of the battle between Lewis and Nico. And yeah, I'm sure Lewis will want to get some revenge after a very tough December where he lost the title in F1 and then lost on count back to Nico's team just to rub salt in the wound. It should be good to watch. But that's, I think, all we've got time for this week. So thank you, everyone. Thanks for having me, even though I've been AWOL, but I've really enjoyed being back. Yeah, it's good, it's good to have you back, Grace. I'm glad you're not concussed and COVIDed anymore. So in the meantime, make sure that you head to formulanerds.com to check out the latest news and the remaining liveries that will be launched in the next week or so. And then before you know it, we'll be at testing and we'll be talking all about that. So join us then next time. And it's great to see you. And as a great woman once said... Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You gotta go. Podcast Network.